Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast. Sponsored by Revels. Mixed chocolatey treats in a bag. Officially on sale. Still right here, where they always was. It were. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden, and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s and 1990s Birmingham. I'll take a look at them today as well, see how I feel about them, see if my opinions have changed. Often they haven't. I'm now on the X Factor album, and last week I looked at the song called The Aftermath, and had some feedback about the show. I had a lot of nice comments about my backing vocals that I put on the end section, that last chorus. Now, Roop Grape said it was a really good remix, and Fergal from Fecky Metal Podcast says it sounds fantastic. And Latter Cedar 666 also got in touch to say she really liked them. So this is really exciting. Good feedback for me. So maybe I should look at this as an option. Maybe I could remix the whole album with me singing with Blaze Bailey. It's particularly pleasing because I did intend to use Trevor and Pterodactyl Mark in the mix, as we've done in previous songs to show the vocals. But I didn't include them and I get the plaudits. Some might use this as an example when they threaten to swan off and do their own thing. Now, I had a comment on Facebook from Philip Walchester. And he said that the aftermath subtext blew his mind when he said his mind was blown, which is the same thing. And I wasn't sure what he meant originally, but I'll gloss over it in case he means Trevor's divorce theory, which of course is ridiculous. But all this bit didn't matter because he ended his comment with just two words, Fruit toffos. That's right, fruit toffos. Now these episodes have been quite hard for me. Dark subjects. This week's no exception. But the thought of fruit toffos and the ability to talk about fruit toffos is quite invigorating. I can't believe it's taken over a 100 episodes to mention them. Now, he's brought them up, I assume, because we mentioned topics and Terry's all gold as sweets and chocolate that have disappeared and been withdrawn from the shelves. Now this sort of thing, this goes way back to the Drifter episode, we might recall I mentioned Drifters, the chocolate bar, and yo-yos, the sort of round biscuit thing. You know, those were the halcyon days, weren't they, of the podcast. And chocolate. Maybe even Iron Maiden. Now Toffos was a tube of sweets, a bit like pastels and chocolate eclairs at the time came in a tube as well. And as you might guess from the name Toffos, there were toffees. The red pack was plain toffee. They were all plain. My mum liked those. The blue pack, though, oh, that was fruit Toffos. Now, I should mention the green pack, which was mint, but I'm not going to talk about that because they were for old people. But in the 80s, yeah, this blue pack, fruit Toffos, it had four flavours. It had plain, chocolate, banana and strawberry. This was great. But later on, they changed it, which sometimes ruins things, like opal fruits becoming starburst. But here, they introduced some new flavours. There was a peach one and a black currant one. It sounds strange with toffee, but they were lovely. So yeah, thanks for mentioning fruit toffos. And maybe I'll ask Paul Diano to bring me some next time I see him. Anyway, sadly, we've got to talk about Iron Maiden, as well as fruit toffos. But I suppose it is an Iron Maiden podcast. This week, I'm looking at the song Judgment of Heaven which is track 7 on The X Factor. The good news is that this isn't a song about war after the last few we've had, but the bad news is it's about suicide. Great. But don't worry, 
I can get through this. Uh, you know, this run of songs. I got through the Fear of the Dark album, didn't I? So I can do it. Trust in me. Let's see what happens. The song starts off quite strummy. Yeah, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's uplifting, but it seems quite light and breezy, despite the subject matter. And then Blaze's vocals come in. A lonely cry for help, reaching out for help to anyone. So he says, a lonely cry for help, reaching out for help to anyone. And sometimes you might see this online, like a tweet from somebody you don't know. And that's what it is, a cry for help. They might be reaching out for help to anyone. So yeah, even if it's had thousands of retweets. You see this on Twitter, you know, people struggling. But the good news is, these retweets and acknowledgement, that, that shows the kindness of people, the kindness of strangers. And uh, yeah, the people who are doing the tweet, they might need that. Maybe they can't talk to a loved one or family member, so they want sort of strangers to, to listen or to acknowledge them. So they're not attention-seeking posts, you know. It's not like, look at my sausages. These are serious posts, and, and we should try and acknowledge them if someone's doing this cry out for help. Now, when this song was written, there wasn't any social media. Maybe there was internet forums or chat rooms in a primitive form when people said goodbye properly at the end of a chat. Um, but yeah, there, there wasn't that. But I suppose a cry for help might not literally be a cry or words. It could be an action, you know, like a change in a routine, or you know, or self harm, you know, an, an attempt to get noticed. The next line says, "A silent prayer to God to help you on your way." So again, this is like some sort of reassurance. It, it's getting the the cry for help or the issue out in the open to, to sort of maybe get some guidance. And if there's no one to talk to physically, then just saying it out loud to someone might also be a way of coping, you know, whether God or not. And if you don't believe in a God, then you could talk to an imaginary friend called Walter or a teddy bear. I sometimes talk to myself while looking in the mirror. As my mum's friend Christine says, I'm a good listener. And sometimes I do listen to myself. So you so could talk to me instead of God, although that doesn't mean I see myself as God-like. He then says... I've been depressed so long, hard to remember when I was happy. Now, Steve Harris wrote this song, so uh, you know we might speculate as to what he might be depressed about, uh, if it is about him. You know, and at the time we've mentioned, haven't we, the, the issues, the changes within Iron Maiden, the divorce. Um, so yeah, pretty deep stuff. But, but you know, it could be a character. And generally, I suppose most of us could identify with this as humans. You know, life isn't always happy. Unless you're Dave Murray. Now he then does mention suicide. I've felt like suicide a dozen times or more. Now we have had this topic before uh, in another life and still life. But this is more specific. Um, you know, it's perhaps hinted at in those other songs. And he says, I might as well end today in another life. And in still life, there's those thoughts drawing him in, you know, into that pool. Now this song actually mentions the S word and... We learn that he's felt like it a dozen times or more. So this is serious. Now, feeling like suicide, it might be linked to an obsession with it. Uh, you know, thoughts about it, but, but not actually wanting to do it. Now, this is called suicidal obsession, and it can lead to people performing compulsions that provide relief. Uh, you know, those cries for help, maybe. And this is different to suicide ideation, where there's more of that voluntary will to carry it out. 
And there's a change after this as the music and vocal go lower. And this reflects the mood of the lyrics. But that's the easy way. That's the selfish way. The next line says, that's the easy way. That's the selfish way. And that sounds like he's more of an obsession from those previous comments. He realises that he can't go through with it really. Um, but then that line, it could be voices in his head or the view of society about suicide. Although those lines aren't in quotation. So I imagine that's something the person feels who's thinking about suicide. And it is interesting that the first verse is in the first person. It mentions I having the feelings. So as I say, it could be Steve Harris as the songwriter. But then the next verse, it flips and it mentions you. And this flip leads to another change in the music where everything kicks in with drums and heavier guitar. So he says, you're searching in the dark, clutching at straws to find a way. So who's saying this then? If the person in the first verse was Steve Harris, let's say, who's saying you're searching in the dark to him? Is it somebody talking to the person in the first verse? Obviously, I've got to mention the Marillion reference here, haven't I? In an Iron Maiden song of the 90s, that clutching at straws being an album. But then he says, you take the tarot cards and throw them to the wind. So is Steve Harris addressing himself detaching himself from his position and observing what he's doing. Maybe he's looking for the truth and looking at his soul like a house, popping into those dark forbidden rooms and dusty attics to get to the bottom of who he is and why he feels this way. So he talks about questioning beliefs from God to the tarot cards. And it seems like he's trying to find the answer here. What is his future? And he's questioning his existence and place. So yeah, here's an extract from Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. November 28th. Now I've been feeling a bit low lately, cold weather and that. I haven't felt this bad since I stopped selling spangles in the shops and paces. I've been feeling the aftermath of Bruce leaving. And the press don't seem happy. The Geordie man don't the same either. Well, I'll let get to me. That's the easy way. That strategy meeting helped. And then we walked around the EMI offices the other day, looking at their motivational posters on the wall. Messages like, make it happen. Believe. Walk the talk. Nico was looking at one for ages. I thought it was really getting into it, inspired and that. Turns out he thought it was one of them magic eye posters. Anyway, I came out feeling better. Although that might have been the complimentary cheese and pickle sandwiches we had in the canteen. I've been trying to unwind lately by watching Friends, a new TV show. Rod told us it was decent. I ain't having it. I tried to watch it at 2am after one of our gigs. I just wondered why I was there. Ended up watching my Steptone sound video. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. After these verses, there's a bit of a change again, uh, but I'm not sure about the transition here. It's not as smooth as it could be. But then maybe the thoughts in the head of the person in the song are a bit mixed all over the place. So maybe this change symbolises that. He says, if you could live your life again, 
Would you change a thing or leave it all the same? This is a good question and one we could all ask of ourselves. You know, think about those crossroads where a decision affected your path. Those sliding doors moments, we call it today. And that's named after a film. It's called Sliding Doors. I think if we could travel through time like Paul Diano, we might go back and change our path just to see what might have happened if we'd done something differently. Like when you save the game on Championship Manager or FIFA just before the cup final so that if you lose, you can go back and change the team lineup. Maybe trusting Julian Jochim in the starting eleven instead of on the bench. Yeah, those life-changing moments, those decisions you could have made. You know, you might not complain about the bubblegum in your 10 pence mix-up at the school disco so that you could pay attention to Fiona Gregory talking to you. There's so many examples. But then Paul Diano can't change the past, even with a time machine, due to the Pixies curse. So it's probably not something to really consider, is it? But then we can still speculate over if we had the time again. Would we do anything differently? You know, maybe we would. Maybe I should have pushed for Metal Ghost to make a demo tape. Maybe I should have told people what the closing date was for the stamp competition so I won't get disappointment. I think generally most people are quite happy with their lives and, and what they've done in the past and yeah, maybe the decisions that got them there to that stage. But uh, uh, I suppose we'll be talking about fate next. Even if we aren't happy about our lives and think that we might have made mistakes, we don't truly know the impact our existence has had on others. Look at the film It's a Wonderful Life which actually is a recommended film for anyone thinking about suicide. Now, just being in a certain place at a certain time may have saved someone and you didn't know it. You know, a smile in the street or on the train. You know, a, a hello to a stranger. Releasing an Iron Maiden podcast during lockdown. All these things might have made more difference than you realise. Now, it may be a surprise, but I'm not the most qualified person to talk about all of this stuff. But I'll add some links to some charities uh, who are relevant to this subject, because it's important to be aware of the help that's out there, whether it's for you or for someone you know. So yeah, I'll try and put some links in the show notes, uh, maybe on social media. In that section, he also says, when you look back at your past, can you say that you're proud of what you've done? And yeah, I think if we took the time to list our achievements, personal or professional, then we might surprise ourselves. Every birthday, I look back on what I've achieved in the last year. Uh, yeah, you could do that. Any time period, couldn't you? And uh, yeah, be quite surprised. Now, I'd love to do that to the tunes of the Ides of March, but a lot of those sentences of the things I'd achieved are quite long, so they don't fit the song, which is very disappointing. And maybe I'll adjust the things that I achieve in the future just so I can do this on my next birthday. Finally, we get a chorus, and it's a good one. Says all of my life I have believed judgment of heaven is waiting for me. It's got subtle synths in it and pounding drums, and I think it's got a nice melody as well for the vocal. You know, but the best chorus melody yet of this album. Now the lyrics, all of my life I have believed judgment of heaven is waiting for me. It suggests that it's the judgment of heaven that's stopping him from carrying out this act of suicide. And maybe that's the voice that says that suicide is selfish and the easy way. But if we were to break that chorus line up and not have it as one sentence, um, so if we say, all of my life I have believed, that's it. So that's just to say, up to now, is, is that a belief in something, a faith maybe? But then the next line says, judgment of heaven is waiting for me. That almost suggests that maybe 
his view or judgment on heaven or religion or whatever, that's waiting and that's under question at the moment. So, you know, maybe there's a doubt after all of his life he's believed. That may not be the right tense. But, you know, all his life up to now he's believed, but now it's going to be his judgment on heaven, not heaven's judgment. I think that makes sense. Maybe the fact that religion disagrees with suicide, maybe that's affected his belief. A lot of people do question faith today, you know, a bit like this, if, if they have a certain stance towards issues or minority groups. So there you go, this, this could be his judgment of heaven, and yeah, maybe he's thrown his belief to the wind, like the tarot cards. There's a bit of a frantic yeah, yeah at the end of the chorus, which then leads into a musical passage. I'm not sure about this yeah. Um, I don't know if that's needed. Waiting for me. Yeah, yeah. Then we get this nice manic skyscraping sort of solo, and then a passage that builds into a twin guitar section. Then comes to a melody, which is then used for Blaze to sing over, which has got slightly different lyrics from the chorus. After that, we get another yeah. We get some pounding drums, but the guitars aren't really keeping up. They're not that energetic. And it, it feels like there's a few aimless bars here. Doesn't sound good. So yeah, so if you're going crazy at that, dancing or headbanging along to it, I think you're faking it. Yeah, maybe that would have been a, a moment to get the crowd joining in with some cheers or woes, but I'm not sure we want that, do we? Whooping over a song with such a serious subject. As it happens, it wasn't played live, which I suppose is a bit of a shame when you consider the chorus, because it's quite a good one to sing along to. Um, yeah, certainly more interesting than the aftermath, and that was played live. Interestingly, Blaze Bailey performs it live today as a solo artist. And that seems strange when you think it was written by Steve Harris and not Blaze. Yeah, so this bit here, I think it's another example of where the band could have gone a bit further, let their hair down. And you might say, well, it is down. Look at the photos in the CD booklet or the inlay card. But I don't mean literally their hair. I mean that they restrict themselves, like some people might do at a school disco. And I mean me, of course, not Trevor, who clearly had no problems, did he, at a disco, as we learned in his poem last week. Then we get another chorus, which again, I've mentioned before, it's a highlight. I, I do like this. And you know, up to now, we've seen that maybe Blaze struggles with the low notes, but this is a nice chorus, a good range for him perhaps. But then, yeah, it ends with more yes. And I had a tweet from Ballad of Balf, who I'm glad he's still listening because he's been commenting a lot on Taylor Swift lately. I was worried that he'd rejected the podcast for pop artists. Anyway, yeah, this tweet from Ballad of Balf said that maybe Blaze could have yeah, yeah, yeah to the end seeing as it worked for the Beatles. Well, I'm not sure you could compare them, really. But, uh, yeah, interesting point. But I think, for me, the years here are a bit like the woes in previous songs. I'm not sure that 
jubilant yeah are right for the theme of the song. But they follow this chorus, which I've talked about. So maybe this change in mood or opinion. Maybe there's an optimism in the chorus. Almost like he's acknowledged that he's faced his demons and got through it. Ryan, give Trevor a ring. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, not the greatest song to talk about, though, is it? I think the song's all right, but yeah, maybe not an easy subject. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about it? Have you ever been down? Oh, yeah. I compare myself to Bruce. Bruce? Oh, he wasn't depressed, was he? Well, during the Somewhere in Time series, I wasn't allowed to express myself. You banned my poetry. Like Bruce, his songs for that album, they weren't taken seriously. What's that got to do with it? Well, that made me down. I felt that my art struggled. I was restricted. Okay, well, yeah, okay, that's one example. But what about that time that you couldn't find your bouncy ball? about it. Well, you were upset about that, weren't you? That was months ago. Well, you kept going on about it, accusing people. All right, well, it was a special bounty ball. Why is everything special in your world? Ornaments, laminators? It was special. It was a gift off my nan. Your dead nan? Yeah. Well, she was alive when she gave it me. It wasn't left in the will. Okay, oh, sorry, Trevor. What do you think about the song anyway? Yeah, well, I like it. It's strange that a song about suicide can cheer me up. What do you mean? Well, I mean after the last couple of songs. But yeah, they're events that have really happened, haven't they? Wars. Whereas this one has got sad themes. But maybe the outcome can be changed. It isn't too late. Okay. I suppose I mean the standard of the song cheers me up, really. It's just a better song. Yeah, that's good, sir. Have you found writing a poem about this? Well, I've just changed the words a bit. Okay. You ready? Yes. All of your life, you've never said please. Judgment of Trevor is waiting for thee. Remember in life that manners are free. And judgment of Trevor is waiting for thee. Put your hand over your mouth when you're ready to sneeze. Judgment of Trevor is waiting for thee. No chocolate in cereal, no fruity bits in cheese. Judgment of Trevor is waiting for thee. Okay, so you've changed Judgment of Heaven to Judgment of Trevor. Uh, Haven't you done this sort of thing before? Well, not in the same way. I changed Charlotte the Harlot to Trevor the Clever, remember? No, I don't. So your judgment, then, is based on people being polite? Yeah, it's not hard to be polite, is it? People forget. And then, of course, we get the obligatory food reference. Oh, yeah. It's wrong to have chocolate in cereal and fruit in cheese, so it's like a warning. What about Wensleydale and cranberry? No. What about vegetables? What about vegetables? Well, can you have them in cheese, like onion or leek? What's the judgment of Trevor there? Yeah, I like it. Oh, yeah, by the way, I got praise for my singing last week. Okay. The backing vocal on the aftermath. Well done. You want to hear what people said about you? singing the first verse of Passchendaele to the tune of The Aftermath. Oh, yeah? Nothing. Nothing? No. Same as your poem. Maybe you need to do a bit of training, like a refresher course. On what? I don't know. Maybe you just need a new approach. Well, I'll try that, and then you ban it. T-Rev. OK, well, is Judgment of Trevor, is that going to be a new feature? 
we provide a theory or an item of food and then you give us your judgment? No, that's just like Rank My Mix Up, but Rank My Mix Up was better. I had a theme tune. That wasn't a theme tune. All right, anyway, next week we've got Blood on the World's Hands. So, uh, yeah, look forward to next week then. So you still want me to do a poem? Yeah, go on then. Okay, thanks Wayne. Bye. Okay, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. I've got a Facebook page and an Instagram. I'm also on Ko-Fi and the link's in the show notes at the bottom there. And uh, yeah, the membership tier is going well. I've had new sign-ups this week, Joe Duncan and Alan Bell. Now, I was tagged in a tweet recently from Kirsty Prince, who'd found a clip of Yannick appearing in a show called Games Master, which was a 1990s TV show on Channel 4. And it was a computer game show. And he was on it playing a, a game called Quest for Fame, which people might not remember, but it was an early version of Guitar Hero, essentially. Uh, so yeah, that was interesting. So yeah, um, look out for that on YouTube, or you know if you can find the tweet from Kirsty. Um, now that raises some questions, doesn't it? So you might think, well, how can Yannick be on Games Master? Yet yeah, Blaze Bailey wasn't allowed to have Family Fortune shown. Well, I mean, yeah, that's an interesting thought, but I suppose it was probably Blaze's poor performance on the show that might have been a bit embarrassing, and that might have led to the judgment of Stephen waiting for him. Whereas Yannick did pretty well on Games Master. Talking of that... It's Family Fortunes, and here's your host, Les Dennis! Thank you very much, good evening, and welcome once again to Family Fortunes. First of all, we meet the Bailey family. All right, top six answers in this second game. We asked 100 people to name a word that people shout at the end of a show. Bring back Bruce. No. We also had the, the draw for the stamp winner, um, the, the Royal Mail Stamps competition, and I put a video up on Twitter. I'm sorry it wasn't put up on other platforms, but there are restrictions. I think Facebook, you can only have 40 seconds. There's probably ways around it, but yeah, I put it on Twitter anyway, so I'm sorry if you haven't seen it. But uh, yeah, the three winners, there was three winners in the end because Alan Bell won. And uh, yeah, I did maybe go over the top of my reaction when I did draw his name out. So I do apologise about the, the apparent disappointment. Uh, when, he, when his name came out. But because of that, I did then offer a third prize, um, which was another set of stamps. So, yeah, done all right, haven't you, out of, out of my stamp collection. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to those people who I've been in touch with. But, yeah, if you want to know who it was, I could reveal it on here, couldn't I? But, so uh, yeah, watch the video. So, yeah, and thanks to anyone who entered. I, I appreciate there wasn't many entries. Uh, obviously, it's a really hard question. So that's Judgment of Heaven then. And, uh, yeah, good news. It's a bit of an improvement after the last couple. You know, that chorus lifts it a bit. And I think we've lacked that lift in the other songs, you know, maybe due to that dry sound and the vocal. Uh, now, that doesn't mean I'm going to add some of my backing vocals again, because I quite like this chorus as it is. But, you know, feel free to moan about that decision and say, oh, Wayne, why didn't you put some backing vocals in? You're the best, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, maybe I won't let it get to my head. Um, okay, so, yeah, that's that then, another episode. And we've had songs about war and, and now suicide. Next week, we've got a song called Blood on the World's Hands. So, yeah, um, maybe we'll see some light subject matter again one day. But uh, never mind. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you next week and we'll look at that. And, uh, yeah, take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>